welcome to the Ports of Elkhorn Baptist Church. This is a place where we encounter God together, where we seek to equip one another for the work of ministry and where we evangelize the lost and broken within this world. My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here. If this is your first time visiting with us, don't forget to check out our Welcome Center on your way out after the service. We have a gift there for you, and within that gift, you're going to find some very helpful information about our church and how you can get involved and how we can serve you, and we can all be a part of the big things that God is doing right here in our church. I would also like to take a minute to welcome those of you who are joining us online. Be sure to uh, say hello in the chat. Let us know that you were here. We would love to be able to connect with you. So this morning, I would like to share with you guys a passage from John 10. John 10, verses 3 through 5, Jesus is speaking. He says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Just a couple verses later, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You have come into this place this morning, a house of worship, because you are following the voice of your good shepherd, either, either by your own submitting to his word and what he wants you to do, or it's by his own divine providence. But there is no accident that you are here this morning. Amen. There is no accident that you are here this morning. And I want to encourage you, because it wasn't an accident, to listen. To listen and to pay attention. Hear God's voice in the message. Hear God's voice in the songs. And truly tune your heart, turn your heart to Him for the voice of your Good Shepherd you will recognize. So uh, as we jump into worship this morning, I want to invite you to stand and greet one another in the name of Jesus. And remain standing as we go into worship. Thank you. There's within my heart a melody, Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's ebb and flow, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my Wrecked by sin 
Amen. We have come today to worship the living Lord, and we know that through Jesus, he keeps us singing. Even when things seem dark or we feel despair, and we know that we are, the name of Jesus is majestic, and we lift his name on high. And if you're here today and you'd like to tap into his power, and tap into his grace, tap into his love, there's an opportunity, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, if you're in this place, to come kneel at this altar. If you're worshiping with us online, you can pray wherever you're worshiping today. But I'm so grateful that we have the power of prayer. And I'd be willing to say that every single one of us need prayer today. All of us. We'd like to invite you at this time, if you feel led by a spirit, to come join me at this altar as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, how great it is to be in your house this morning. And Father, even though there was a time change, even though it was cold out, even though it was rainy out, even some snowflakes early this morning, it's warm in your house. And Father, we are grateful this week that we have electricity. We're grateful, Lord, that we can smile and keep singing through what Jesus did for us on the cross. We can say, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth with the psalmist David. Father, we can just bring glory and honor to you to say, Lord, we lift your name on high and the gospel is presented. You came from heaven and earth to give us life and that you would be crucified and then you would rise to show we have victory over death, over sin. And Father, we just pray for folks at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying from home or on vacations, wherever they may be. You know what we need, God, even before we ask. But I pray, Lord, that your will would be done in each of our lives. Father, we have folks continuing to grieve today comfort them as only you can. We have folks in the hospital recovering from surgeries, facing surgeries. Anoint them and heal them if it be your will. Father, we pray for others who are either going through some type of treatment or beginning in the near future some treatment. Father, use this treatment and your divine power to bring healing Bless the doctors and nurses with wisdom as they give care. Comfort families, God, as they are concerned for their loved ones. Father, I pray for folks in this room and people watching. If there are people here or watching that have never given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, may today be the day of salvation for someone, for many. And Father, may you give them the boldness to do what they need to do by confessing their sin, repenting and turning away from it, inviting you to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Oh God, give them a double portion of your strength and spirit today to do just that. And Father, I pray for some folks here today that have been doubting, they've been questioning, They've been wondering if you have forgotten them. Father, they are depressed. They're anxious. Father, some are here and, and they're just battling, Father, uh, addiction. Lord, we know that you can do all things and nothing is impossible for those who believe. So we pray for deliverance today. We pray for, for transformation. Father, we just pray for revival to continue in our hearts, in the heart of this church, and through our state, our country, and our world, but it must begin in each of our hearts. 
Help us, oh God, to seek you first and your righteousness and all these other things will be added or given unto us. So Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify you. Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the message and through your servant. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring this morning. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 4? Luke chapter 4, and as you're doing that, I'm grateful for all of our musicians leading us so beautifully today. Thank you all for being here today and using your gifts for the Lord. And after the reading of God's Word, they will be coming back to lead us in another uh, worship song. But right now, we'll begin reading out of Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. love. 
so beautifully and so powerfully and thank you again for being here today and allowing the spirit of the Lord to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor, at least attempt to share a little humor. Someone sent me the story recently of two buddies that went out golfing and the one friend got up to hit the ball and he was, he was over his ball and, and he would look up and then look back down, step away and then looked at his shot and then stepped back over and then he checked the wind and then he and his friend was clearly getting aggravated. So finally his buddy said, What's taking you so long? Just hit the ball. And the man said, Well, my wife is up there watching from the clubhouse, and I, I want this to be the perfect shot. And he said, Are you kidding me? There's no way you can hit her from here. Early service didn't get it. <laughs> they were still waking up. And so my, my bounce back was someone sent me this over the weekend. Wasn't it clever of Coach Cal to lose in the SEC tournament so our team could be rested for the big dance? Wasn't that? <laughs> that was smart coaching. So. Sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. That's all right. Years ago, about this time, there was a father who went to his young son, and he said, son, I need you to move that rock. It was a big landscape rock in the landscape, and he goes, I need you to move that rock from here, and I need you to move it over there to the other side of the yard. And so the son said, yes, sir. So the young man went over to that rock, and, and he, tried, he tried to lift it, and he couldn't budge it. He tried to to push it, he couldn't push it, he, he got something, he was trying to, to, to pry it, and then he, he was trying every which way to try to, to push, so he went back to his dad and he said, Dad, I, I can't do it, I can't move it. He goes, son, have you done everything you can do? He goes, yes, he goes, I don't think you have. He goes, Dad, I, I tried lifting, I tried pushing, I tried uh, uh, prying, I tried pulling, I, I've tried everything. He goes, you haven't tried everything. He goes, what do you mean, Dad? He goes, you haven't asked me to help. Now, I just wonder if there's some of you here today, and you're looking at something in your life right now, and you're saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. It, it might be a, a health concern, a health need that you're going through right now, and you're saying, I just, I can't do it. 
It might be a paper or a project, young person, that you have to do at school, and you're saying, I just, I don't see how I'm going to get it done. I, I just can't do it. It might be overwhelming grief that you're experiencing right now, and you say, I just can't, I can't do it. Maybe it's a relationship with someone that's testing you, and you're saying, I, I just, I just don't think I can do it. Maybe it's a, a task that God has clearly given you, and you're saying, I, I, just, I just don't know if I can do it. Truth is, we cannot do it on our own strength, but we can do it through the help of our Father and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do it with God's help, with God's strength. You know, for several weeks now, it's hard to believe this is the ninth sermon in a series called Greater Strength. And we've been looking at the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to be our strength, the Holy Spirit to be our guide, the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, the Holy Spirit to be our advocate, to be our helper. And we've been looking at the many ways the Holy Spirit is able to help us when our strength is not enough. And today in our scripture reading, we see Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth getting ready to begin his earthly ministry. And I love this. Jesus was in the synagogue as was his custom. Isn't it great to know that Jesus wanted to be in church? As was his custom, Jesus was in the Lord's house. Jesus was at church. And not only was he at church, he was participating in the worship service. He was standing to read from the scroll, the early writings of scriptures, the book of Isaiah. And it was actually Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him. The Spirit of the Lord was on him and anointed him. And maybe you're here today and you need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. There are many times in scriptures when it talks about the anointing. Well, the anointing is the Spirit of the Lord. And sometimes oil was used as a metaphor for the Spirit of the Lord. So in this particular passage, Jesus is reading from the prophet Isaiah, and really it could be in a limited sense about Isaiah ministering to the Israelites after their captivity in Babylon, but really this was messianic prophecy. What Jesus was reading, he was fulfilling. He was the one who was coming to minister and to meet all the needs of the people just like he meets our need today. And if you're here today and you're saying, I can't do it, I just can't do it, know this, that through his anointing, the Spirit of the Lord can help you and help me. He can help us. I, I think about all the ancient kings and prophets and priests who were anointed by oil. Again, a, a symbol of the Spirit of the Lord setting someone apart for a specific task that God was giving them. And I think about the story of David. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then I think about in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 19, when God had instructed Elijah to anoint Elisha to be the prophet that would take his place. And then in Exodus chapter 28, verse 41, God instructed Moses to clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, anoint them and ordain them. You understand there are some times, most of the time, when we cannot do it on our own strength. 
And we need the anointing of the Lord to help us for whatever task God is calling us to do. And maybe he's calling you to do something today. And you're saying, oh, no, not me. I can't do it. And you're right. You cannot. But you can through the Spirit of God that strengthens us. And when it said, when he read that he has, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Now, he certainly was talking about the economically disadvantaged, but he was also talking about those who were in spiritual poverty. We know that the Lord always ministered to the poor. I mean, he fed the multitude, didn't he? The 5,000, he, he fed them. And Jesus had a heart for the poor. But he also had a heart for those who were, had the understanding that they could not save themselves. And that's why he said in those great Beatitudes out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we must realize our spiritual poverty and not have pride or arrogance to think we can save ourselves. It's only through the grace of our loving Lord that any of us can be saved. And we are so thankful today that Jesus came to preach or to proclaim good news to the poor. And we know that Jesus continues today to use us to preach or to proclaim good news to those who are poor, who, who don't understand that they need to be saved. But then the second part of that in verse 18, that he also was sent to proclaim freedom to the prisoners or to the captives. Now, when we think about that today, we're thinking about people that are being held captive to sin, people that are being held captive to an addiction, people that are being held captive to some type of immorality, people that are being held captive by their thoughts or by something or someone else that's controlling them. And we know that Jesus came to set us free from that captivity. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Isn't that great? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And today, we can be set free. We can be forgiven from anything that's been holding us captive, whether it is a thought or, a, or an addiction or a, or a sin or, or something or someone that's holding us in bondage. Know that Jesus came to set us free today and to proclaim that good news. But when I think about the anointing of the Lord, I just think about in my own life. I, I've shared this with you before. I wasn't jumping up and down to be in ministry. I had older brothers in ministry. My parents were in ministry. And I've told you all repeatedly when, when sweet little ladies from church would say, you're going to be in the ministry one day, I'd say, no, I'm not. And God has a sense of humor. And the reason is because sometimes behind the scenes where there are people, there are imperfections, and sometimes behind the scenes, it's not as pretty as it seems up front. And I saw the good and the bad and the ugly of how sometimes people that are supposed to be Christian don't act very Christian. And so I was like, no, I, I had him. Mary Rainwater, our children's director, just asked me this this morning that for a, for a play, a drama, a musical they're doing uh, here shortly, she said, Todd, this is for our program we're doing. She said, if you weren't in ministry, what, what were you planning to do? I said, well, I went to college thinking I was going to be a, a teacher and a coach. I wanted to maybe be an English teacher and coach basketball. Now, you probably couldn't see me teaching, but could you see me coaching basketball? Come on! Get down and get up with somebody. I, I had in mind, I'm going to coach basketball. But God had another plan for my life. And I want to tell you, when I was singing, as y'all have heard me share, over in a mass choir at Rep Arena for a foreign commission, commissioning service for foreign missionaries, and I was singing in a mass choir from people all around the state with my, my friend on my left and my, 
my dad on the right and my mom down in front of me and with the orchestra playing, take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful for thee. Here I am, send me, Lord. That was as close to a burning bush, Damascus Road moment. Chills came over me. It was the Holy Spirit. And tears began to run down my face. And I inducted into my daily prayer, Lord, here am I. Use me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Make my life useful for thee. And I've told you it doesn't always happen this quickly. But the very next week, the youth minister left at our church and the pastor came to me and said, Todd, would you be willing to fill in for our youth ministry position until we find one? I filled in for nine and a half years. <laughs> and I knew when, then when the Lord was prompting my heart to go to seminary, I, I, I told the early service, I never did like sitting in my desk at school. Can you imagine that I didn't like sitting still? And the thought of me going on to further my education, I was like, oh, no way, no way. And Lord, if you want me to, I, I've struggled with French in college, and now you're going to have me taking Hebrew and Greek? That's a good one. <laughs> Lord, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to help me because I cannot do it on my own. When, Jan uh, when July comes around, I will have been in ministry 35 years, and I could not have done it on my own strength. It's only through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I can stand before you today, because I sure can't do it on my own. I cannot do it without him, and you cannot do what you do without him. We need his anointing. That's why... Every Wednesday, we pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint every pew and every chair and every classroom and every hallway and the foyer and the parking lot and the roadways, that it would be anointed by the Spirit of the Lord before you even get here so that you would feel his presence when you come into this place. It wouldn't be just another day, just another service, just going through the motions, but you would feel the presence of the Lord. That's our desire, that the Spirit of the Lord would anoint you and anoint our musicians and anoint the, the teachers and the greeters and the, the ministry staff. We pray for anointing upon each and every one. We pray that daily. But not only do we have help, but we also have healing. Because if you would read on in verse 18, it says that Jesus also came to bring recovery of sight for the blind. So part of the anointing is, and Jesus literally fulfilled that. You remember in Luke chapter 18 when Jesus was approaching Jericho, there was a, a man that sat at the city gates who was blind. He was a beggar. His name was Bartimaeus. And you all know the story. When Jesus was passing by, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And remember the crowd said, be quiet, man. Shh, be quiet. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now listen to this. This is why we should pray specifically. Jesus turned to Bartimaeus and says, what is it that you want? Don't you know Jesus already knew what he needed even before he asked? And Bartimaeus said, Lord, I want to see. In verse 42 of Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Don't you know Jesus has the power to restore sight to the blind? In John chapter 9, you remember I shared this a couple of Sundays ago. The disciples and Jesus were going along and there was a man who had been born blind. And the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because that's what they believed, that affliction came from some sin that someone had committed. And Jesus said in verse 3 of John 9, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Isn't that beautiful? 
And we know that he would have his sight restored. And God got the glory. His works were displayed in him. But we know that he anoints and brings healing. In John, uh, James chapter 5, verse 14, James said, Who among you is sick? They should call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And in verse 15, and the prayers offered in faith will make the sick person well. Did you all know that several times we've had prayer and healing services here? If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, do you think he still has the power to perform miracles today? And the answer is yes, he does. And I, we have anointed people with with olive oil, a mixture of cinnamon, myrrh, olive oil, as a symbol of faith. Now, some believe that it had medicinal purposes. But really, it's a symbol of our faith asking that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would anoint and bring healing upon people. And we believe that He can do that. Anoint people with His Spirit. This past week, I had the opportunity to meet with several different people from many different ages, many different stages in life, and some were having excruciating grief, others excruciating pain, another not wanting to live any longer, all ages, all stages, many circumstances. And you know what I found myself praying with those folks? I found myself praying that the Holy Spirit would anoint them with a double portion of his strength and spirit. I prayed that for several people this past week, that the Holy Spirit would anoint them with a double portion of his strength and spirit. And maybe that's what you need today. Maybe you're here and you felt like throwing in the towel, you felt like giving up and I'm not going to get any better. I mean, that's what the devil wants to do. I've told you that. He wants to kick you and me when we're down. I told some folks at the early service, did you all hear the rain hitting against the window early this morning? Did, did, you, did you see how dark it was outside? And then we lost an hour of sleep. You know, did, all of these things were going on. We, we don't have to get out of church early to go watch a game or anything. We had all these things. <laughs> we had all these things going against us. And it would have been easy for you, not as easy for me, to just stay in bed and say, I'm not going. But God wanted you here today. God had a reason for you and me to be here today. Maybe you need healing. Maybe it's spiritual healing. Maybe it's healing in a relationship. Maybe it's financial healing. Maybe it's, it's a, something physical, emotional, mental, psychological. There's something you need today. Don't you know God can meet your need? He can anoint you. But then, lastly, he gives us hope. Because he also came in verses 18 and 19... To, to set the oppressed free and then to declare that this is the year of the Lord's favor. Well, to set the oppressed free, we haven't been held in literal captivity by like the uh, Egyptians or Babylonians, but many of us, again, have been held captive by Satan and he's the one oppressing you and me today. He's the one holding you down and holding me back and, and making you doubt, making you think you can't do it and, and you, you're not smart enough. You don't look the part. You don't have the education. You don't have the ability. That's what the devil's saying. You can't do it. And like I said earlier, whomever God calls, he will equip and anoint with his power. Whomever God calls, he will equip and he will empower with his Holy Spirit. But I also think what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 uh, and 22, he said, He anointed us 
He set his seal of ownership on us, and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing for what is to come. Isn't that beautiful? He put a down payment on us through his spirit guaranteeing what is to come and what is to come, our eternal life, to be with Jesus Christ. And I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You see, every 50 years, it was called in Leviticus, a year of jubilee. And a year of jubilee was when prisoners, slaves would be set free, debts would be canceled, and ancestral property would be restored to the original family who had owned it. That was a year of jubilee, celebration. Well, for us as followers of Christ, every day is a day of jubilee because our debts have been canceled and we've been set free and we have been restored with the promise of eternal life in heaven through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited today. And that fires me up that we have that promise from the, we have that hope and the Lord, that no matter how bad things seem right now, it can't compare to the life we're going to experience in glory with the Lord. We have that hope. Now, I want to close by sharing this with you today. I, I appreciate so much when I receive emails and receive texts. I receive a card or I receive a, a letter. And someone recently sent me the sweetest letter and they had shared some of their heart and said they really enjoyed this series on the Holy Spirit because they felt like the, the Lord had been speaking to them. I've shared this with you before. If you're here today and you say, he, he's talking straight to me. I've told you, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And I so appreciated that, that sweet and humble letter that this person was opening up their heart and saying they wanted to grow closer to renew their relationship with God. Maybe that's you today. You have felt the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you're like, it's time. It's time that I renew my relationship with God. It's time for me to, to give my life to God, to give my heart to Jesus. I've never done it. And you've been putting it off and putting it off. Let me tell you, we're not promised tomorrow. That's why you want to get things right today. And don't worry about what people think. The older I get, the more I, I still am a people pleaser, but I'm more concerned about what God thinks. And maybe you're here today and, and you've never publicly given your life to Christ. I'd love to pray with you and you could receive him, a free gift into your heart. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've grown complacent. You've been on the sideline. You've been on the bench. And now it's time to get in the game and to use your gifts and talents to minister to the poor, to minister to the oppressed, to, to minister to those who are in captivity and sharing your faith. Why not renew that commitment today? Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I don't know if I told you all last Sunday after the, the early service, a couple came up to me and, and they said, we should have joined today. And I maybe told you all this. And I said, because the lights were out and nobody could see you. And I said, if you come back next week, we'll turn out the lights and you can join. <laughs> they joined at the early service with the lights on today. So praise the Lord that they joined today. And if some of y'all are waiting for a sign, and you're saying, you know what, if Todd does jumping jacks today, I'm going to join the church. <laughs> or maybe if you said, if they turn out the lights, we can turn the lights off in the back, if that will help you to join the church today. But if you've been putting off doing what the Lord's wanting you to do today, don't let the devil have the victory. You make the greatest decision of your life. And his spirit 
will anoint you and carry you the whole way. Aren't you ready? Even now, we pray. I pray right now, Lord, in the stillness of this moment, that if there are some folks here today who need to make a decision for you, maybe it's to give their life for the very first time to Jesus, to confess their sin, to ask for forgiveness, and invite you to come into their heart and to repent from their old ways and to walk in newness of life. May this be the day. Lord, maybe there's some Christians that have grown complacent, their heart has grown cold. They've become critical instead of grateful, and they've looked to find fault instead of all the good that we have been blessed with in this church and in our lives. God, bring them back home to you today. May you restore that spiritual fervor and zeal to serve you and to use their gifts for you. Lord, maybe there are some folks that have been looking for a church home. This is not a perfect church. I'm certainly not a perfect pastor. We're not a perfect staff. But we serve a perfect Lord, and, and we really want people to, to look at him more than us, to fix their eyes upon Jesus. So, Father, I pray whatever's going on in people's hearts, Lord, if your spirit's been prompting their heart today, your spirit has been convicting them today, your spirit is, is nudging them, I pray that they would be obedient to follow through and make the greatest decision of their life. We'll give you all the praise and the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. If you're in this place, I have decided to follow Jesus. It would be my privilege to pray with you. Or if you want to come, pray at this altar, however the Holy Spirit leads. Won't you come as we sing? <laughs>